next on the list, we have another Haven pick. So that was, by the way, that was the first two rounds down. We have one more round until we get to the goats. Oh, geez. So let's uh, let's get through these. Okay. Uh, so we're up to Haven's 1933's The Invisible Man. I love this movie for all the wrong reasons. No, let's hear them. <laughs> it's be, like this movie is way ahead of its time. Like without this movie, I don't think we would have had like scary movie or like, you know, comedy horror stuff because it shouldn't have been as funny as it, it was. It does have really funny scenes in it. Like when he's just like throwing his nose and Gog's like, here's a souvenir for you, sir. Who else wants something? And he's just chasing everyone around in his underwear. The cops. Yeah. The cops just like, you know, like they have like little asides that are just so funny. Um, the fact that he's just like a diva. Mm-hmm. The Invisible Man is just like, you know, what, what is your plan? What do you want? He's like, I just want to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just want revenge. And I know they try to, that god awful piece of shit, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Invisible Man is in that, right? Yes. And they kind of try to make out like the, the serum made him kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like they just, it's just like a very thing. Like there's a certain chemical in it that causes like madness. And, you yeah. know, he has his whole thing like madness. I'll show you madness. Yeah. <laughs> he's just got really good bits. Literally, like when he's like in the town square, like the, the, you just see the bike riding yes. and everyone just freaking the knocks, fuck out. Knocks the dude's hat off of his head. <laughs> and I like when the cop's there and he's like, uh, he explains, he's like, took the hat right off my head. He's like, okay, uh, you were drunk and it was a stiff freeze. <laughs> next. Who's next? It was just, and the director of this film uh, was one of the few directors who was openly gay of the era. Really? Yeah. And he just understood what he was doing and he didn't take it too seriously. It was a fun fucking movie. It was not overly, even for the time, I don't think it was like horrifyingly frightening. No. But it did utilize some camera techniques that made, it underscored the gravity Mm -hmm. that they were trying to get across. The first shot of the invisible man entering the bar oh, when it kind of just all wrapped up and everything kind of dollies up and does a low angle close up on him. There were, there weren't a lot of people doing shots like that back mm-hmm. in the day. And this guy, he would, um, he would frequently do like full 360 shots where the camera would just, you know, pan around an entire 360 degrees. Did you know that the woman in this, what played old Rose in Titanic? Did she? Same lady. Oh, wow. She, she was, was old fine as, as hell in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they, when he gets to the house, he's just sitting in the chair and he lights a cigarette and all these little special effects things. They're not doing it to just like throw him away. No, they're doing it to establish his character, his yeah. like, uh, his cavalier nature. He's like, you know, telling him. He's like the the guy. He's telling the guy. He's kind of conscripting into service. This is what you're going to do to help me. You're going to help me murder. You see? Yeah, we're going to kill everybody. <laughs> There's such a good bit to sneak into a car and <laughs> let it drive over a cliff while you're the guys inside of it. Yeah. Such a good bit and an awesome fucking effect. That shit looked wild. Oh you my know? God. My favorite scene is like when he's chasing that one woman down the country road and it's just like it's, the overall skipping and he's singing that song. Gathering nuts, nuts and May, nuts and May, nuts and May. And this yeah. fucking laugh. That was like Frank Gorshin Riddler shit. Like just, that was haunting. Yeah. It was just a watershed moment for, like a genre mix movie mm-hmm. that just hit every note the right exact way. Yes. You know, even down to like the more 
practical ways of dealing with him putting putting dirt on the on the thing mm-hmm. and the cat jumping up and the cop freaking out the nets in the room <laughs> going back and forth you know uh just and then him being undone just by the fact that he had to sleep in a barn yep. and the, the the old dumbass farmer just like finds him he's like i think there's an invisible <laughs> man in my barn and so like yeah, they're like we're well we're going to burn down your barn now and he's like wait a minute <laughs> so but yeah, no, dude, a banger for your third pick. I mean, that's, I, I assume that's your triple crown. Oh, yeah, that's the cream of the crop right the there. That's number you. one. Good but, choice. But it's funny you mentioned it. Like, I had no idea he was gay, but it seems like, uh, uh, this is going to sound bad, but like a lot of gay people put out some great, like, horror shit. Like, Chucky, the creator is gay. Oh, uh, American cool. Horror Story. Clive Barker. Clive Barker. Drew. Drew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's inextricably linked that you know you, they're gay and that makes them a good artist. No, that's that's what happens if you're gay. You're you're good at telling horror stories. God makes it up to you by <laughs> by making you really good at, at movies. <laughs> God damn. Well, we're gonna skip Hocus Pocus because fuck that movie. Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't want to watch it, so I didn't. <laughs> I mean, you get the gist of the movie just from the poster. I see it. Yeah, I looked at the poster. It looks like uh, three witches, three witches trying to eat a virgin. I, they're light. They're shocking the moon with lightning, and there's a neighborhood beneath them. I assume it's kind of a fish out of water. I've got to be a witch in the time, and everybody's can't know I'm a witch. And there's ghouls and ghouls You're and getting goblins. cold, getting colder. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> um, I didn't think you did. So I don't know what uh, what Hocus Pocus could be considered um, a property, a, 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 a product, but the next one we're going to talk about is a movie. <laughs> and it's a movie called Under the Skin. Oh my God, this fucking movie. Now this works on, like not to make a point about the Under the Skin thing, but <laughs> this does work on levels. Mm-hmm. And... Drew pointed out something about it that, I mean, I want to go to, I kind of want to just read his review uh, because I like what he said. And it was my first takeaway from it as well. But on a rewatch, you know, you get more and more out of something. Do you remember when we were in line to see Suicide Squad? Yes. And there were like guys in front of us who I guess also have a, like a podcast and they were talking about oh movies. Oh my God, I hated those fuckers. They were fine. But like the one guy. <laughs> the one I, guy who just wouldn't shut the fuck up. Well, there was one guy who, Heard me explain this movie to you, and I said uh, it's it's the best movie if you want to feel like shit when you're hang when you're hungover on a Sunday. And he was like, "That's the best way to describe that." And I was like, "Yeah." And I kept explaining it to you, and he was kind of like, "I could tell he was eavesdropping." And I was like, "Yeah, it's basically about like there's like a rape culture element to it, and like men aren't worried about being raped, and there's men will do anything for pussy." He was just trying to flex. Walked wa- walk into their death, and the, I could see that I was kind of like losing that guy, and he was like, "Oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about." And I was like, "Maybe that's my own head, but whatever." That was one level that this movie's working on, and, and Drew illustrates this too in his review. Uh, Drew's review reads because he's not here. I think this is fair. I'm not doing this to make fun of him. No, I'm doing this because we these we still get some of his thoughts on stuff. Lessons in simp culture. <laughs> All seriousness, it reminds me of the olden tales of yore, of having the prey succumb to a monster who is using an attractive female persona as bait. Modernizing it, yeah, you can still make existential dread out of old tales, still ellipses. Don't you think old tales are ridiculous until shit like this gets made? Again, he kind of goes stream of consciousness in the end. But that's like, 
and I don't want to call, I don't want to insult him or, or you or anybody by saying it's a service level reading, but because it's called Under the Skin, <laughs> yes, that's obviously the first level that this movie's working on. What was your takeaway from it? Like, did you put a review of it up here? I didn't put a review of it up yet. I was trying to think, like, because, you know, mine is just for trolling. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you have one of the funniest letterboxes I've ever seen. <laughs> Your top three movies are hilarious. So, yeah, what, what, you said you had a lot to say about this. Yes, I felt like this movie, like, how I said Invisible Man was ahead of its time, this is kind of behind its time. Like, mm. if this was put out in the 70s, oh, yeah. like, it would have been, like, a perfect 70s sci-fi thriller. Slow like, or yes. Mm. Like, cult classic and everything. It's definitely, it's of the A24 pedigree, and it's got mm-hmm. that long scenes of silence, and there's, Literally. like... There's like three sentences spoken in the entire movie. I know. She, she just It's nothing but her driving around in a car just asking like the same three questions. Oh, where are you going? Oh, you have family? You got a girlfriend? You got time to kill? Come on. Superficial questions mm-hmm. that don't really get to the heart of human interaction or what would make something more meaningful. Obviously, they're questions just to determine if anybody's going to notice that they're missing once they get yeah. pickled and then... Which is crazy because uh, I, I didn't think that monster could understand that kind of concept and everything because she can't understand food. Like, t- how do you eat a piece of chocolate cake? I think that's, I think we're, we're jump, we'll jump around because it is, uh, that I think that scene of her eating chocolate cake, we'll get her back around to it. But mm-hmm. I think that was her inability to metabolize or eat any, it would be like if you tried to eat a grub. Yeah. It would taste horrific to you because your body's not craving that. Mm-hmm. You're not set up to, enjoy that 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 flavor profile um here's what i get from it the opening shot is of light Mm -hmm. to me that light is at least by our perception the closest we could come to understanding what these creatures look like because the light becomes her eye as she takes on this form the thing you see at the end is the hardened version underneath of this it's like almost like when you when you leave like an apple out and it gets brown, you know, like it's because it, it just comes into contact with oxygen and it like, you know, dries out. There's a word for it. Or whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So she's saying these like, puh, puh. Yeah. Puh, like, uh, to, yeah. She's saying words that aren't really words. She's like trying out her voice for the first time. Mm-hmm. One of these motorcycle guys who's like her handler, kind of like her, her, the, it looks. It seems like this race of aliens. Yeah, I thought that was like her mate or something. It looks like they hunt in packs of three. So there's two guys who kind of are on cleanup if something gets fucked up, mm-hmm. and they're also there to you know if if she got into trouble and they were close enough by, they would probably be able to step in and do something. Um, but you know he pulls a woman out. We we don't know how this woman got there. Uh, maybe it was a failed hunt earlier or something like that, but he he shows up, he f- brings this woman up and she takes her clothes and she finds an insect on the woman and looks at the insect and studies it for a second. Then she's adapting, she's in a shopping mall. And what Glazer, the director, does is he shot a lot of this movie like without permits, kind of like cameras hidden in bags and stuff like that. It seemed like that, like that yeah. when they were in the mall, like walking yeah. around. It seemed like someone just had like a camera in yep. their coat and everything. There were there was even a, a tabloid article when this was being filmed because nobody knew that it was a movie. Um, Scarlett Johansson <laughs> trips and falls in Scotland. 
and lays on the ground. Is she on drugs or whatever? And and like because that whole scene was shot from the the profile was shot from a van that was driving next to her. Because I was gonna say there was that one shot where it's like really close the on her face. The insert was shot later. Okay. That's an insert that got shot way later on because it's just her face in the ground. They could have shot that like anywhere. So there's the ones that they shot on the day was they had across the street from where she would fall, mm-hmm. um, downstairs and upstairs, there were camera operators shooting through a window. And then there was a guy in a van shooting out of the van. Mm. Um, they also, in the van, they had a bunch of like tiny cameras set up. So to when get, she's like, driving- crowd shots or whatever. To get crowd shots and stuff. And you notice as she's watching these people, it's like watching- blood flow through veins it, 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 all the way that the when she's kind of stemming the tide of traffic when she's taking a left at one point and the people are just like like she's like a rock in a stream yeah and the people are kind of flowing around her and what's important to study about this one in particular is her face obviously it's beautiful. That's it's you Scarlett are Johansson. Fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it, it, and that's what like this again. That service level that these guys see is, but the the micro expressions. The minute she's done smiling at these guys that she's trying to lure in, it goes back to not to not to, to, to null to nothing. Yeah, yeah, she's just like empty. There's nothing going on behind the eyes. But she also sees, without being prompted, without needing to pull somebody in and and trick them when she's looking out at the beach and at the water. The guy's not close enough to see her yet. Yeah. She doesn't have to put on the show, but you can tell she's kind of enjoying the, the environment, the natural mm-hmm. beauty of this little beach that they're on. Also a horrifying scene with that, Baby, that what gets, the fuck was, was with that baby? So sad. <laughs> so like, um, like, because I was curious. Like the woman who was like, you know, drowning or whatever in the first bit, or like running out, right? And then the guy chasing her was that one of like the motorcycle people? No. So what happens is Scarlett Johansson is on the beach, and she's next to a towel that she believes to belong to a, a body server guy. He's in a wetsuit. Yeah. He comes up and she starts doing her thing and it seems to be working. And then he hears some screaming. He looks over and he sees that there's a family. There's a, a husband, a wife and their baby. The husband and the baby are on the beach. The wife was out swimming and she's getting pulled out by a riptide. The husband starts swimming out, but he's in full clothes. Yeah. He was wearing that big puffy jacket. And yeah. Everything. The swimmer goes out and first attempts to save the wife, but can't get to her at all. So then he just saves the husband, pulls him back in, and the husband, I believe, goes back out into the water right after Yeah, he that. ran out. The second, like, the guy fell over, he's running back and out. And the guy's exhausted. Scarlett Johansson goes up and just dashes him on the head and, and uh, pulls him to, I believe, the van, right? I, I would assume. Yeah, she dragged him, threw him in the van and everything, but I'm like, what, what are and you going to do? Like, you can't throw him in the pool and everything. He's so, not like, alive. what use yeah. is he? I, I guess because he had seen her. Now, here's another piece that I'll just say now. I don't believe in needing to read a book version of anything to get the picture of the movie. But it can help sometimes, especially when it's adapted this well. So this was a book. It was a book. I did not know this was a book. The book is very different, and it goes a lot deeper into explaining... The thought behind her actions and everything? Uh, yes, of course. And also the hierarchy of the aliens. They have names. Really? They explain why they're doing what they're doing. 
why they prefer this. It's like, you know, it's a feeder uh, species is, is, you know, uh, earthlings or whatever. That stuff doesn't matter because what this does, mm-hmm. this, what this film does well as an adaption is it adapts it for the screen. It yes. says, we don't need any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't need any of the lore behind, you know, you know, why don't they do this? Like whatever makes nerds on Twitter argue. Yes. It doesn't need any of that shit. It can say everything it needs to say with visuals, with facial expressions, and with... Scar Joe's titties. <laughs> with actions, yeah. <laughs> Do you also notice, I mean, this is the only film I believe to date that she's been nude in. It's shot completely unsexualized. Yeah. It's in wide shots. It's very, like, it's not lingering. It's not shot sexy. No. Like, you can, like, even when she is naked, like, when they're having sex and everything, like, you can't see anything. It's right. It's not like they're it's, doing it romantically or whatever. They're not, like, like, pro, like pumping that up. Yeah. What they're doing, but they're showing the, the male looking at her with nothing but lust in his eyes to the point where he's blinded and he's unable to see that he's in a fucking kill room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, and he you know, wades into the water and then he's, you know, dead. And then she walks back and the, the music goes with her steps and everything. It's like this dance, this entrancing yeah. thing. So what the, what the book does differently than the film still kind of informs a little bit about the film for me. And you could get it without the book, but the book is a nice little cheat sheet. Right. She falls in love with the natural beauty of the world around her. Mm -hmm. She becomes interested in humanity and how they, how human beings do not have a completely transactional, cold, uh, detached way of living. Every human being is kind of on, on a baseline level concerned for another human being. Society. Society. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> uh, she observes society and she kind of is intrigued by it. Yeah. This is demonstrated when she falls and she just lays on the ground and maybe she thinks she's about to be made. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know how to react. And she's surprised when people ask her if she needs any help, mm-hmm. if she needs to be lift, picked, picked up. It's, uh, it's not until she, you know, when she throws off the chains of her responsibility is when she meets the deformed man. Yeah. It's the saddest insert shot I've ever seen in any film is him pinching himself. That is the most brutally sad thing I've ever seen in my life. And he is the only person that gets entranced that still doesn't believe it as he's walking up and he's yeah, looking back. Cause he was like, he's, what? He's like, is this, am I? Yeah. And she can't bring herself to do it. Mm-hmm. And she shows mercy. She was shown mercy. I, I believe when people tried to lift her up and get her off the ground, Yeah. you know, the, she, when she's being inspected by the motorcycle guy, he's not doing it in a caring way. He's an insect. No, it's just like, you know, yeah. All systems functioning. Okay, back to my work. He's like that ant. He's like the insect. She's identifying with that ant in the very beginning. Mm. But that ant came off of a human being. That's what she's going to end up as. Yeah. It's yeah, what she wants to, at least. She wants to be a part of this world. I'll push my chips forward. <laughs> I'll be a part of this world. Um, I can't go two episodes without a No Country for Old Men reference. So, uh, oh, to finish up the thing about the baby, they all, there also is a radio report 
Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard the radio report. And so I got that then. But like, I rewound that like three times because like, what the fuck am I missing? What is with this baby? They left it there. They're insects. They don't care. They don't have any compassion. A normal human being Mm -hmm. would scoop up that child, call the authorities, get somebody, child protective, whatever. They would like the surfer guy or whatever, the wetsuit guy, like he did, risk his life to try to save at least one of those people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he probably would have rallied and regained, or at least taken care of the child yeah. if she hadn't have dashed him on the head with a rock. Like, if he knew, like, the guy was, like, you know, no help in him, yeah. like, you know, he could have saved the baby. When the motorcyclist goes back to collect the evidence that the surfer guy was there and the baby's still there, that was completely heartbreaking. Wow. Just wrenching, just heart-wrenching. And I'm not even, I don't even like children, <laughs> but, it, but it was like, you don't want to see him be Help left alone kid. on a beach and the water's coming. It's so fucking sad. Mm-hmm. So, again, yeah, they're these insect-type creatures, but she's becoming more and more interested and involved with this. So she throws off the shackles. She spares this deformed man. He escapes into the wilderness. And she, as she's walking down the stairs, she looks out a window. And you think at first she's looking to the outside world or whatever. But she, what she's doing is she's seeing her reflection. Yeah. She's identifying with it for the first time. She's seeing herself as something that she's not fundamentally on a literal level. She's not a human being. She's an alien. For the first time, she's believing that she can see herself as this beautiful woman, this this human. She leaves. We see what happens to the poor deformed man. We also see another side of humanity, the cold, callous nature of people just not wanting to get involved. Being like, not my problem. Yeah, the neighbor going, ah, he's he looked weird anyway. Maybe he's some mongoloid. She probably hated him just for the way he looked and everything. Right. Like, this is yeah. trash on our streets. Yes. Someone just, should be dealing with this. Thank God someone is. He's taking care of him. Mm-hmm. So we see that uh, through the eyes of the motorcyclist who would most identify with that. So there's like that duality, you know? Yeah. Scarlett Johansson then does all these surface level things to try to relate to human beings. She tries to go try sweets. Yep. She tries to eat cake in a restaurant where there are other people talking. And when she takes a bite, it's like ashes in her mouth because she's not this thing. And, she, and cake is not nourishing to the deepest part of the soul because there's no, it's just, again, it's surface level. Mm-hmm. I took the cake as just like, you know, arbitrary thing. Like she was just like, okay, I see people eat shit, I'm going to get some shit, and, but she doesn't know how to eat, so, like, it's just sitting there in her mouth. She's she just, like, waiting it. for it to be, like, you know, just go down or whatever, and then she starts joking. I take it as, yeah, that that's a good point. I never thought about her not being able to know how to, like, not knowing how to, like, sw- like swallow properly or whatever. I took it as it did not taste right to her. She spits it out of disgust because human food would not taste good to a race of aliens that eats pickled men, yeah. you know, like, like that that are... You know, and that's, I know this is a Halloween episode and we're, we're <laughs> doing a lot and I, I don't want to spend too much time on the things that are actually scary about the film because I think that should just be experienced by anybody who may be listening yeah. and probably has It's everything it. they don't say is what's more unnerving yes. because I think that's why it's better this movie came out now than instead of in the 70s because then there would probably be all the explanation be like, oh no. She's an alien. It's she's gonna do this. She's right. here for this. Her race is this. Blah blah blah. Like it's all spelled out when you see the conveyor belt. 
um, and you see, it's like, it's like factory farming. You see everything, I mean, we'll just, whatever. If you don't want spoilers, skip ahead like 30, 40 seconds. Everything's ripped out of this person and their skin is just left. Because like just when he was like at the halfway point when the one guy, when the douche guy got sucked down and everything and like you just see how loose and bubbly his skin is and he's just like shouting like. And he gets all of his, all of his, everything inside of him gets yanked out and then uh, gone down a conveyor belt and fed to this race of creatures. Okay, end of that spoiler section. (laughs) Um, So the second act that she engages in finds her. She's walking down a street and she's walking past a bus stop. And the guy says, the bus is going to be here in a minute. So she waits. She's on the bus. And this is also where it hit me that like, the reason I think they set this in Scotland is because if you're not from Scotland and you hear Scottish people speaking... It's like you went to another planet and you're just trying to listen. You don't know what anybody's saying, you know? It's like you get every third or fourth word. And the way the bus driver speaks specifically, like I had it with subtitles on, but without him, I would not have known what he was saying. I mean, it's like a subway driver, like, burr, burr, burr. Yeah, it's like, you know, I have had it the last but it's not the Yeah, it's it's this nonsense gobbledygook. Don't worry, sir, I'm talking to her a lot. She's a mute. Yeah, so... This character shows her with no ulterior motive an act of kindness. I don't, maybe he's playing the long game. I was going to say, a man like that approaching a woman a like Scarlett yeah. Johansson, sex is the first thing on his mind. But, but then, he's not acting like it. He's not like the guy at the club who walked up and the first thing he says is, You're beautiful. Can I buy you a drink? I'm but, lonely. You're lonely. Uh, let's, let's get together. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a guy who's like only after that, again, that surface level interaction that human beings can have mm-hmm. that make them kind of end up like fucking insects. But another thing that I thought was interesting, like, you know, she only got down to like her bra in, when she was like getting all the other men like to trick them and kill them. Mm-hmm. With the deformed dude, Full she nude. got completely naked for him. I think she was trying to. He was the only one who looked back and hesitated. I think she was maybe trying to push herself more into it as well. She's like, I, I'm still doing my job. I'm still doing my job. Let me extra do my job. Because I was almost thinking like she didn't know she needed to get naked in order for sex. Well, and that's the thing. She it will. Yeah, maybe that could be a, like maybe she's learning. But also this guy needed a little more coaxing. Yeah. The other guys were like, I'll see you in bra and panties and I'll go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like this extra, this other guy needed it. And I think she needed to do it too, to convince herself that she was still going to do it. But then she stops. And then, they, um, you know, then they, when you see both sets of feet coming out, you're like, okay, she didn't kill the guy. <laughs> you feel so, so much sympathy for him because again, that insert shot of him pinching himself is just so fucking brutal, man. Yeah. Like it's sad. Um, and it's like, you know, this is, you can't help himself, you know. But, um, so back to, the, with this guy she meets on the bus, he gives her, her his coat. Mm-hmm. She's cold. You know, he walks her around the store and shows her about food. And, you know, she's not eating it, obviously, but she's watching television and he's enjoying it. And she's yeah. experiencing this day in the life with this guy. She's experiencing true human kindness and decency and an act of, beauty in an environment that is dingy mm-hmm. and gross, a nasty flat that's yeah. just like, you With know. that janky ass space heater. Yeah, couldn't be further away from the natural beauty of mm-hmm. the world. 
Then the next day, he takes her out on like a date to this castle thing, and it's. I like, was gonna say, what was that like a lighthouse? That something. Yeah, it was an example of a man-made structure amidst. It, it was a crumbling man-made structure mm-hmm. that nature was taking back. So it's further away from his house, but not quite into the woods yet. Yeah, because as she, you know, she's on that. You know where it ends up. So. That night, she's looking at herself again in a mirror for the first time, but this time for the first time, as a kind of, what do they see in this? She's looking mm-hmm. at her body. She's looking at her curves and everything. And this is one of those rare movies that nudity is used solely for the express purpose the of- scientific. Well, it's like, it's like for, the, for, the, for the plot of the film to work and for this character to understand what this character is going through, the nudity is necessary. And then she offers him what she's tempted other men with because she thinks it's the natural thing to do. It's only when the inherently violent nature, although it can be sensual and loving, penetration is in in and of itself kind of a violent act. And if you're an alien who doesn't know what that is... What the fuck are you doing? You think you just got stung by something. You know what I mean? and she freaks out and she yeah. goes to the edge of the bed and she looks at herself and did he leave something in me? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, not yet, Dutz. But, <laughs> you know, but, but she's, and then, and then she realizes you're only seeing the back of her head, but you, she, you, you see her kind of, when she throws the lamp away, she realizes that this is just what sex is. Mm-hmm. And she has no She's interest. like, not for me. Not for me. And she goes out into the woods and she's like, okay, I'm just about the natural beauty. Yeah. She goes out into the woods and runs across the logger. She's surrounded by natural beauty compared, you know, com- and complete, completely diametric, <laughs> completely uh, different and divorced from the unnatural dingy nastiness. She, she was shown nothing but kindness and compassion in a disgusting flat. And she's shown horrific cruelty mm-hmm. surrounded by the beauty of nature. And that's kind of like, what we were talking about with the exorcist thing, it's like the woman bringing the coffee while they're talking about this horrible thing that happened. Coffee's, yeah. a, coffee's a beautiful thing. She's working her job. She's making her money. The world's going on. The world's, you know, keeps keeps on moving. But these guys have to also contend with the fact that there's horrors out there mm-hmm. that, you know, need that need to be, like, dealt with. So there's the scene where you know, he tells her about, you know, there's a trail. Oh, and, yeah, there's tons of trails around here. Yeah, And she's... Good place for solitude to think. Yes, and she's and you get a bad vibe from him, but you're like, whatever. She finds the little logging shit, uh, like shanty, mm-hmm. and she sleeps there. And there's that gorgeous double exposure shot. It cuts to trees swaying in the breeze, just absolute earthly beauty, peaceful, peaceful earthly beauty. The wind mm-hmm. pushing the trees, making the sound. It's just a sensory overload of the beauty of the planet. And it double exposes her laying there. And it looks like she's laying in the trees and she's part of those trees. Yeah. Then it kind of comes out of that and you, you just get these weird, awful insert shots of hands groping at her and she realizes what's happening and she runs into the woods. She's like, oh no, sex! Right, here it comes again. I'm being preyed upon. And as he chases her into the woods... This, the song plays that plays when she's luring her. Yeah. yeah. And again, if you don't want spoilers, skip to until we're talking about the next movie <laughs> because this is the ending of the film. She runs away from I could this. not believe it ended like how it did. She runs off into the woods. He tries to rape her. 
in, in ripping off her clothes, he accidentally rips her skin suit and he's horrified by her. For a second, I thought like she had like some kind of hypnosis powers, which is like what got all the guys in the right. beginning. And I thought it was starting to work on him. Like I, th- I thought like when she's naked, that's like when it kicks in. And I oh, thought he was yeah. about to be in trance. And then the skin was, you know, getting pulled off. And he's like, oh no, it's a monster. You're a monster. Yeah. He brings back gasoline from the truck that was nearby and he lights her on fire. And but before that even happens, this beautiful scene of she takes off her skin suit completely and she looks at the face that she had been looking at in the mirror and she's cradling it and she's feeling this overwhelming sense that I got from it was loss and and love but also sorrow and it's blinking at her and I got, it was more like her own face looking back at her in horror. Right. Well, that, that, that's brilliant. That's, that's why I love talking about movies with you. Cause yeah, like it, it was like the version that she became looking back and like, Oh, that's the monster that I was or whatever. She sheds that is lit ablaze and then walks out into the snowbank, falls in the ground. And then in one of the best last shots in cinematic history she becomes part of the world. Mm-hmm. The black smoke pouring off of her body, Goes circling up the into the atmosphere as the white snow falls down and it circles into the atmosphere and it dissipates and she's part of this world now. She's become this. Just, and, I mean, that is a fucking gorgeous ending. Oh, yeah. That's what makes it one of my favorites. Speaking about how it's a perfect adaption, in the book, there's this really George Lucas-style... <laughs> plot point where if any of these aliens are caught or in a position where they're going to die and be essentially, you know, possibly found out or autopsied. Yeah. They have like a predator nuke that they can just like a self-destruct self-destruct thing that they can engage. And it's like a nuke. And at the end of the book, she gets in a car accident with a guy. He's thrown from the vehicle and she's trapped and she knows she's going to die. And she's trying to get to this button. And as she's getting to this button, she muses on the idea that maybe when she explodes, her atoms will become part of the the world. Really? And she's at peace with that because that's what she wanted. And she, of course, does it. So it's like, that. Uh, when I read that, I was like, okay, so I was right. That's like what this last shot was symbolizing. But since Glazer doesn't ex- ever go into any of that boring midichlorian bullshit, mm-hmm. you just get the visual that elicits this thing that you think you might be projecting too much, but no, it feels right. Yeah. And this is, this. it's this... This feeling of she's she's part of this now. She's she got what she wanted. This is sad, but it's beautiful. It's the only way it could have happened. She went from being an insect to as close to human as she could possibly to be. To a tree. She yeah. <laughs> she'll fall like snow eventually. So it's yeah. So goddamn glazer, sexy beasts and under the skin. I've never seen his other movie because I think it might be the weakest of the three. It's about a a woman whose husband dies. And she meets a young boy and her <laughs> husband, she is under the impression that her husband has been reincarnated into this young boy. What? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm like, I don't want to watch that. That how sounds do do awful. That? How yeah. does he go from Sexy Beast? Because Sexy like- Beast is another perfect movie. And mm-hmm. really, like, there's a lot of stuff to read into it. That certainly not as like, uh, it's not as dependent narratively on its visuals as this is. But uh, it's another fucking great movie. Oh, yeah. It's one that we'll definitely talk about at some point. But it's not necessarily horror. It's no. a little scary. Uh, it's got some creepy elements. Ben Kingsley is, is sitting quite- on the toilet talking to himself, amping yeah. him up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
but but yeah, no, yeah, Glazer just he kicks so much ass, dude. I mean, he's only made three movies. I don't know if he's gonna do anything else, but he doesn't I, need to. No, I know he's just like you know, <laughs> yeah. So that is the end of the regular episode. The rest of this will be premium. Oh yeah. So to hear our god tier S rank greatest of all time Halloween spooky scary picks. You're going to have to go onto that Patreon. Should we tease the movie so they know no, what they got to look forward no, to? No, no. They, they, they will, if they want to know that, they'll go pay a dollar and hear that episode. Um, so until next time, if you're being a cheapskate, I'll see you later. But if you're not being a cheapskate, we'll see you in a couple minutes. <laughs>